0: Needless, Needless Things thing 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 Podcast Hey Phantom Maniacs, welcome to the newest episode of the Needless Things Podcast where we talk about toys, movies, music, and all manner of pop Culture Dorkery. I am your host, Dave, and I am recording the intro on Tuesday because I'm going to be very, very busy over the next five days. Uh, I am still keeping an eye out for vaccinations in Georgia, as it's a complete mess here. Uh, very difficult to get the appointment set. I'm registered with the government. I'm watching Walgreens and CVS and all the other places. Want to get it done as soon as possible because as soon as your needless commentary team are all vaccinated, we will reunite in person and record whatever the next commentary is. But also, we will be recording a very special episode, one of our, our favorite and your favorite episodes ever, a new version of that. And I'll leave it to you to think about what that could possibly be. But it is one that demands to be recorded in person. Uh, So this week's episode is one that I would prefer to record in person, but we just aren't there yet. Uh, It is our needless commentary for March, and we watched Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze, starring none other than, wait, try and guess who I'm going to say, David Warner! That's right, Uh, we watched the movie... And we're going to talk about the movie, and you guys will get to hear that in just a minute. But first, we've got a few things that I want to cover. Uh, nothing that I can really properly call news, so I'm not going to give you the little sting that I enjoy so much. Uh, but the first thing I want to throw out there is the toy company Plastic Meatball, who up until last year were kind of under my radar. I really wasn't aware of them, uh, but they put out two, three, four. Maybe four different Joe Bob Briggs action figures. I know there are at least three because I have two of them and I know I missed one. Uh, I have the Halloween version and a red and black version. But anyway, they're great little retro style action figures, very similar to Funko's reaction figures. Very well done, beautiful packaging, nice figures. I like them. Well, they are expanding their branding, so to speak. And producing, in addition to, I mentioned this to you guys uh, probably last October towards the end of the year, that they had confirmed to me they are doing a Darcy the Mail Girl figure, uh, but they are also doing other brands. And I'm very, very excited because if you listened to our last Needless Commentary, uh, wait, was our last one? Oh, man. Okay, well, on a recent Needless Commentary, we mentioned the movie Psycho Gorman, which is deserving of its own needless commentary. It just didn't timing-wise work out. Uh so Psycho Gorman, awesome movie. If you have not watched it yet, you need to watch it. It is an R-rated family film. So it's it's not actually a family film, but it feels that way. It's awesome. And some of the character designs in this movie are just some of the best creatures I've ever seen on screen or some of the most fun, I won't say best, some of the most fun creatures I've ever seen on screen. They really had a ball with character design and my first impression watching the movie was, oh my gosh, I have to have action figures of these characters. They're amazing. Well, Plastic Meatball is coming to the rescue or has come to the rescue because up for pre-order on their site now, and I don't know how long it'll be there. I don't know if this is a pre-order along the lines of what Super 7 does, where they've gotten to the point of prototypes and are waiting for the pre-orders to come in to start production, or if they already know how many they're making and the pre-orders are up and that's it, uh, I'm not sure. All I know is the Joe Bob figures sell out pretty quick. So go to Plastic Meatballs website and see if the Psycho Gorman figures are still there. Uh, It's the two figures are Psycho Gorman and oh gosh, I cannot remember the Angel character's name right now, but those are the first two in the line. Hopefully more to come because those other supporting characters are the ones that I really, really want the figures of. Uh, I get why they did the Angel first, because you need somebody for your Psycho man to fight. You need the other main big character, but boy do I want some of those other characters, and hopefully they'll get around to them, but these look great. They are Uh, While the Joe Bobs are a little more simplistic, they actually remind me a little more of uh, Fisher Price Adventure People. These have a lot of sculpting and a lot of paint, so they're still, I believe, the five points of articulation, but tons and tons of paint and sculpt. Very complex, nice-looking figures for for that scale and that style. Uh, So I'm stoked. I'm just happy we're getting Psycho Goreman figures. Uh, Speaking of figures, if you go to the Needless Things YouTube channel, and you should and you should subscribe, and you should tell your friends about it. Uh, This week's reviews. I reviewed the Drist Erden and Gunmivir set from Hasbro from Forgotten Realms. I loved the Forgotten Realms books when I was in high school. uh, All those Dungeons & Dragons novels. Uh, Was it Raven's Loft or Ravenloft? I I can't remember... Uh, if there was an S in there or not. Uh but Dragonlance was the big one for me. That that was the one I really, really got invested in. But I was reading all that stuff. And of course Drist is one of the probably best known characters to come out of the concept of Dungeons and Dragons, aside from maybe the old animated characters, which by the way I'd like figures of those as well. Uh, if you could get on that Hasbro. Uh, but anyway I reviewed drist and something i wanted to throw out there please go watch that review like subscribe share do the thing Uh, but something i didn't even realize while i was doing the review the hair pieces are interchangeable they're two different portraits with the figure uh one uh, sort of a battle cry one of them sneering But you can swap the hair on them, which is awesome. And I did not realize it while I was reviewing the figure. Somebody pointed it out in the comments on YouTube. Which, by the way, if you watch one of our videos and you want to leave a comment, please do. I respond to all of them. even if you're pointing out something that i missed or something that i didn't know or wasn't aware of uh you know i appreciate that as long as you're not being a dick about it like it's cool to have more information because i i probably never would have figured out the hair thing because it's on there pretty securely it's not like it just falls off it's not uh it's not like bench press's hat from the gi joe line which if you know what i'm talking about boy you're deep into the gi joe uh, anyway so, uh, go watch my review of Drist in Gunnivar, and please n- enjoy my repeated attempts to pronounce Gunnivar. Uh, and then on Wednesday, I and, and this to me is tomorrow, but to you guys is two days ago, or perhaps even more, uh, I did an unboxing of an old G.I. Joe vehicle, uh, the Star Brigade Cobra Invader, which is something that caught my eye on eBay, and I was able to get one in the box, mint in box, for a very reasonable price, in my opinion. And I just thought it would be really fun to open it up on YouTube, and it was. And what I ended up doing was ordering uh, labels from Toy Hacks for the original ballistic battle ball, the Pogo, if you remember, and putting those on the Invader, which is a, a 90s colored repaint of that Pogo. Uh, because the the stickers that came with the invader are horrendous and you'll see them in the video if you watch Uh, but the original stickers or or the stickers from the original vehicle actually look really cool on it and you'll see that in the video as well because i like to have fun over there on the needless things youtube channel so go check it out Uh, in other video news i believe you can get either it's either seven days or maybe even a whole month Uh, But I believe you can get a free trial of Impact Plus, which is the Impact Wrestling streaming service. And that may seem weird, like Impact Wrestling, they're barely even the third biggest brand. Uh, How do they have a streaming service? It's because they've been around for almost 20 years. Uh, and everything is on that streaming service. It is actually, in my opinion, the best wrestling streaming service because you can go all the way back to the 2002 TNA Wednesday night pay-per-views and watch the Origins. Now, I understand Ring of Honor produced uh, you know, Styles and Joe and a lot of those guys, but for me, uh, I got to know those guys by watching those tna pay-per-views so you can go back and see the early 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 matches from samoa joe and aj styles great stuff with jerry lynn uh and yeah there's a lot of garbage as well but guess what there's a fast forward button so you can get to those great three-way matches with like aj styles jerry lynn and kid cash stuff like that that's wrestling like we don't see now which is weird to say because modern wrestling absolutely grew out of that X-Division style, but they don't do it like that anymore in a weird way. Not even in AEW, uh, where where the it's not WWE style, I guess, is a way to put that. I, I don't know, it's weird, but going back and watching those matches. Anyway, my point is sign up for impact plus if they've got a free trial and watch the match from 2021 sacrifice which was this past saturday it was a free purview that they showed on impact plus which means it was a big event but you didn't have to pay pay pay-per-view dollars for it because like aew impact still does actual pay-per-views uh and the main event was rich swan versus moose to unify the Impact and TNA World Championships. Now, Moose, uh, I actually got to work with back when I was doing MCW. He did a couple of the Six Flag shows. Really, really nice guy, and it's been wild watching him over the past eight years since then. Eight or nine years since then? I don't even know. What was that, 2013, I think? Uh, but anyway, uh, watching him become a legit wrestling superstar in that time, and he declared himself the TNA world champion when tessa blanchard left impact wrestling with the impact title uh and then rich swan came along Uh, he was in wwe was one of their most exciting new prospects i loved the guy and then there was some kind of kerfuffle i do not know all the details i do not know what actually went down i do know he's not in jail he was never convicted of anything and now he's in impact and is the impact world champion so i'm really happy to see that guy back on his feet Uh, On top of his game, and they had a match to unify those two championships, and it was awesome. It was a barn burner. So, if you can get eyes on that match, and they may just put it up on their YouTube channel too. I'm not sure how they do things uh, because I I did sign up for Impact Plus because I find it to be worthwhile, Uh, especially with WWE Network going away. And yeah, I know it's going to Peacock, but if you haven't read, A lot of the content is not going to be available at first and I've been doing my rewatch or not even rewatches I've been watching old raws from 96 I started in 95 and had just been watching all the old raws that I never watched back in the day and really having a lot of fun with that but if that's getting ready to go away I especially want to have my impact so I can go and watch uh, old TNA stuff Uh, so anyway if you can get eyes on Rich Swan versus Moose to unify those titles watch it it's a great match Uh, And then, speaking of pay-per-views, we know that this coming Sunday is WWE Fastlane, which actually has a great card. But you also have uh, NWA Power is returning with their pay-per-view, which I hadn't planned on talking about this. It just popped back into my head uh, because we're all very excited about NWA coming. We've been talking about it via messages But I haven't, uh, like I said, I hadn't really planned to talk about it. Uh, NWA Power returns next week. There's going to be some kind of pay service or something. I don't know exactly what it is. Uh, But Sunday night, they have a pay-per-view on Fight TV. Gosh, why is the title? There it is, Back for the Attack. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, I I just I, I feel like I should promote this, but I had not planned to promote it. Uh, so NWA back for the attack has uh, it's NWA's return, and if you remember last year around this time, uh, we were all very very invested in NWA Power, the weekly YouTube show, uh, and unfortunately, just as it was looking like it was really going to take off, th- the quarantine happened and and ruined everything for them, and now. A lot of their stars are gone. James Storm is an impact. Um, they, they, uh, Thunder Rosa. Now, she will be back. She'll be on this pay per view uh, fighting Camille, uh, but she is basically an AEW talent now. I mean, as soon, I think as soon as her contract with NWA is up, we're going to see her in AEW because, my gosh, AEW can't afford to lose her. She's the best female on the roster. Uh, but a lot of their uh, LA Knight. Which great name, but he was in NWA. Uh, a lot of NWA's best have moved on because they had no choice. So I'm curious to see what they do with a new roster. Uh, so anyway, just check that out. I think uh, Arian said it's like 20 bucks. It's NWA back for the attack. So Sunday night, if you are not watching WWE stuff, uh, or, or just wait, wait and watch Fast Lane because who cares? Nothing. Like, I'm not saying it's going to be bad, but nothing is going to happen on Fastlane that you're going to be like, oh my gosh, Twitter ruined this for me. Just stay off Twitter a couple extra hours, watch the NWA pay-per-view, then watch Fastlane. Uh, So anyway, that's that's going on there. And then finally, the last thing that I wanted to mention is on St. Patrick's Day... Mezco is putting their 112 Collective Destro up for pre order. Uh, I will absolutely be ordering it. I can't not order it. I host a freaking G.I. Joe podcast that's Audible Interlude, a G.I. Joe podcast available the first Friday of every month, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, And we've got people, some of you guys aren't even big G.I. Joe fans and have been checking out Audible Interlude and letting me know how much you enjoy it. So, you know, even if you're not a Joe fan, uh, Check it out. See what you think. People have been enjoying it, and I really appreciate uh, hearing that kind of stuff. So feel free to hit me up and let me know. Uh, So there you go. 112 Collective Destro. It it is going to be, I don't know, our head of research, uh, Ryan Schweck, reports to me that Mezco's plan is to release four G.I. Joe 112 figures a year. If they do that, that will be a record for them. I don't know if they even release four DC figures a year. I'm just kidding. I know that they do, uh, but still, that'll be pretty big. And I don't know that I buy that because what I've been telling people is like, don't freak out. At most, we'll get two new Joes a year from Mezco. It's not going to kill your wallet, but four a year is is kind of a different level at, at this price point. So I'm going to have to do some real thinking, but this first one, I've got to get it. I've got to review it. I have to know, you know, I got to know. So there you go. That's all I've got for the intro this week. Now it is time to sit back, uh, grab yourself some pizza and a responsible beverage. And, and I'm back on my healthy kick now. So no pizza for me, maybe just uh, some nice vegetables that I'll, I'll put in a circle on my plate and pretend it's a delicious pizza. Uh, Oh, here's a question for you guys. Uh, Feel free to respond to Phantom Troublemaker on Twitter or the Needless Things Podcast Facebook group. This is a dumb question. So I got a bottle of V8 Greens, I think it's called. It's It's a vegetable juice that has some fruit in it so it doesn't taste like garbage. And it's pretty good, but not so good that I think it's bad for me. Is this stuff... is is this is this good for you i realize i could look this up on the internet but why would i do that when i could ask you knowledgeable folks so anyway there you go grab pour yourself a glass of v8 greens arrange some vegetables in a pleasing pizza-like shape on a plate and enjoy your needless commentary team discussing the secret of the eww me tonight the needless commentary team the eighth grumbler of the world arian the gulick Man. <laughs> ryan he's not a boy toy he's just your sexy boy cadaver Sexy boy what's up and nicole i got a fancy new job so i'm gonna make everybody wait to record by at least half an hour <laughs> oh Old cadaver you think I'm so, cute
1: I'm so sorry that I didn't get home from work until 8 (laughs) p.m.
0: People are going to be so confused because they're going to be like, wow, that sounded exactly like her, but I don't feel like she would say that.
1: Suck a dick.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And then they'll be like, oh, that's her. Yeah,
1: that is her. That's her. There she
0: is. All right. So we're all in a little bit of a loony mood tonight. Some of us just got off of work. Some of us are preparing to go back to work after a hiatus uh, during which extreme penis surgery was performed. Uh, (laughs) And and some of us, well, are just Aryan. But well, weird. the penis
1: surgery was me.
0: The, the penis surgery was like, and I said this on last week's show, but I'm going to say it again because it's accurate. Uh, yeah. Imagine if somebody took one of those 80s zip cord things that you put into like Orco and stuck it in your dick and then yanked it back out. That's, yeah. uh, that's how I felt for about a day. It was really awesome. But now I feel a lot better. Uh, and we all have a shared experience in that we have all watched Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the OOF. I mean, ooze. Because last year we watched the first Ninja Turtles movie. And not only did it hold up, I think even to those of us who had watched it, you know, within the last year, a couple of years, we're still like, oh, wow, it really, really holds up. It's a great movie. Yeah, it was better than I remembered as a kid. Like that never
2: happens. It, it, well, and
0: it, I, I think it's because you go back and revisit it and you're expecting something more along the lines of the cartoon. And then you realize, oh, this is a real movie. Yeah. Whereas with Secret of the Ooze, we have the opposite effect where you're hoping for something that follows in the lines of the first movie. And you're getting, oh, it's the cartoon,
3: except there's no Bebop and Rocksteady. Yeah, that's on my list of grapes.
0: But uh, this is our March commentary, for better or for worse but and hey you know what we did get in this movie would david warner Kino. you just shut your mouth we'll get to <laughs> we'll get to that in a little bit uh so uh, timeliness wise this is great because this was released 30 years ago on march 22nd so we're we're pretty close to the anniversary date on this one uh and, and we, I mean, we had to watch it. We watched the first one, and regardless of how much more comedy and silliness and whatever else was injected into this one, there is still a lot of great stuff to talk about. But going into this, how long had it been since you guys had seen it?
3: Probably since I saw it in the theaters as a kid, honestly. Yeah. Like, it's been a long ass fucking time. I for sure have not seen it since I was a kid.
2: Cause, like, there Were a lot of things I remembered about it, but the yeah, there was a lot of things that I remembered about it, and I was like, Oh, yeah, this I remember this like when I was re watching it today, but I definitely have not watched it since I mean, maybe 13 or 14 was the last time I watched this. Oh, wow,
1: I have never seen it.
0: Oh, I'm Damn, sorry, really?
1: yeah, I was like 15 when this movie came out, I had discovered boys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: You know how you get boys to like you like the same dumb shit they do. That's exactly well, you, right. You
1: know how you have get boys to like you. Just be female, have tiny boobies, and be like fifteen or sixteen. I mean, or big sure. boobies is good too, but I had tiny boobies at the
3: time. Fair.
0: <laughs> well, we're, 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 we are simple creatures. We're already going in places I never imagined we'd go tonight. But uh, <laughs> so I I watched this one last year after we watched the first movie, and. It was pretty fresh in my mind how different it is. And basically what happened is the first movie, as we discussed, and I recommend everybody go back and listen to that commentary. uh, The first movie was really more aligned with the comic book sensibilities because the cartoon and the toy line, as it was being filmed, hadn't really hit their hardest yet. So they were kind of just letting these live action movie people do their thing. But then for this movie, after the success of all of the other branches of the franchise, there a more of a firm hand was taken as, well, we need to make this reflect what the kids are seeing on TV. We need to put in the silly humor and the sound effects during the fights and the really, really overly exaggerated body pantomiming during the fights. And it almost, oh my gosh
3: it almost and, and apparently ninja <laughs> for a studio directive they could barely use their weapons so like you yeah. notice right most of the right. fight scenes like they're, they're fighting with like
2: salamis and stuff yeah Yo-yo's, salamis neckties
0: like.
3: yeah like, like donatello uses his bow staff to like like boost off and kick people with but he didn't actually, yeah, like, actually hit people with
0: it. which again is reflective of what you were seeing in the cartoon Sure.
1: What's the difference morally between beating the shit out of somebody with, like, a random object or beating the shit out of somebody, somebody that's, like, actually identified as a weapon? I mean, I feel Weapons? like people are more likely to beat the shit out of somebody with a, an object in the room.
0: Or or with their fists or feet.
1: Yes. Which or shells, as the case may be. Quite a bit in the movie.
0: Well, but that's that's just symptomatic of... of Well, not just, you know, I was going to say the United States, but in in England, things were so poorly received that they couldn't even call them Ninja Turtles. They were the Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. (laughs) You couldn't even you couldn't even say ninja because that had such a violent connotation. I
2: also read that in England they were uh, they had to take out the salami scene, (laughs) like because it's something offensive about beating someone with sausage. (laughs) I don't know, (laughs) but they took that out.
0: Well, so we, we have a lot to discover about the the adolescent bumbershoot reptile children today. Uh, I saw this in the theater because I was huge into Ninja Turtles in 1991, uh, despite being, let's see, was I 15 years old at the time? So I, I myself was the same age as the Turtles. I felt like I could relate to their, uh, their plight and their life stories. I was not raised you know by a rat in the sewers but other than that the teenage thing was just on point uh so I, when i said we were going to watch this you guys really didn't have an idea of just how different it was going to be from the first one i'm guessing no, no I actually re- i remember it
2: being the cooler one like as a kid i was like oh that's the kick-ass one with like the crazy monsters and like it's like a super shredder like I thought that that was like the darker one. Like <laughs> in my mind, I was wrong, <laughs>
3: very wrong.
2: But like as a
0: kid, I was like that. That one's like really badass. But yeah, it's 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 different. But I think it shows that they did their job. Because here's the thing: as we go through and talk about this movie, one thing that I noticed as I was making all my notes is that it's well done. It's uh, now there's some sets that are almost a little Doctor Who looking. <laughs> but the way that it's shot, the timing, the editing, everything—like it doesn't feel like a it cheesy city movie.
3: It moves yeah. along really. Quick.
0: Pacing is great. Um, I mean, it's it is well done for what it is. They accomplished their goal. So, I mean, from a from the perspective of somebody who wanted a more serious Ninja Turtles movie, sure, it's not exactly what you want. But from the perspective of somebody from a kid who wants a fun movie about turtles beating up other mutants, oh yeah, they nailed it. I fucking love this movie as a kid. Like I I
2: specifically remember making my dad watch this one a million times. And then we went to the theater to see turtles in time and he was pissed.
0: (laughs) Now, see, now I'm curious to go back and watch that one again, because I didn't like it, but it features the return of Casey Jones. Yeah. Um, And it has, if I'm remembering correctly, the tone, even though they're time traveling is a little more serious than this one was. Yeah, uh, so I'm, I'm curious to go back and watch that again, because that one I have not watched in a long time because I hated it back in the day. Yeah, it, I remember even as a kid, I was like, this is kind of bad. So I kind of feel like it's not going to age well, but I don't know. I, well, and I think part of it, though, is that it's not what you want. Like we did. not yeah. None of us wanted the turtles to go back to feudal Japan. Like that was not an idea that anybody was like. The the only impetus for that to possibly sound appealing was that one Leonardo samurai figure that was so awesome. That one, I had that one, yeah. That figure was awesome, but yeah. I don't need a whole movie based on one cool figure like that. No, uh, so this was directed by Michael Pressman, who surprised me. Uh, he's directed a ton of stuff for television, but he also directed Dr. Detroit and Some Kind of Hero starring Richard Pryor. Weird. Uh, so he had a background in film, it's not like they just yanked some journeyman. Director and threw him in front of these turtles. Like it was somebody who had had some experience. Uh, and beyond that, uh, returning, we have John Dupree. John Duprez, I've never said it out loud. Now I don't know how to say it. Uh, but the same composer from the original movie who got to play around with some more themes. I think it's still recognizable that it's his work, but you get a little broader uh, sampling of musical styles from the score. But I do like that we have the score to tie it together because unfortunately, a number of really successful elements from the first movie are not present in this one. I already mentioned that Elias Cateas is not here as Casey Jones. And instead, Arian, who did they decide to replace? The awesome, badass, like hero to all of us, Casey Jones. So, so
3: their bright idea was uh they liked uh Ernie Reyes Jr. was the fight. He he wore the Donatello suit in the first one, if I remember correctly. And they liked him so much, they decided to put him in the second movie as a precocious pizza delivery boy named Kino, who also moonlights as a martial artist vigilante type. Uh, And uh, it's like, if you've ever watched The Simpsons, and they introduced Poochie to Itchy and Scratchy, it's like introducing Poochie to Itchy and Scratchy.
0: Except Poochie is a really bad actor.
3: Yeah, it's like they they just <laughs> didn't need to go here and do that.
0: Well, like, and what's so what yeah. stinks is I like Ernie Reyes Jr. He has had some good parts. Uh, he started acting in 1985, so he'd been around for a little while at this point. But up to that point, he had been kind of the kid in the film. So this was asking him to take a step that I think he wasn't ready for. Uh, and granted, Kino's not in the movie as much as you think he is. It's just no. a way too much of him.
3: Yeah. <laughs> it's just whenever he's in it, it's awful.
0: Yes, that is accurate. Uh, yeah. But uh, or- he, he's gone on to do other great things. And, and at the time he was kind of the hot up and coming martial arts star, which sounds really weird to say in 2021, but in the late eighties, early nineties, the title of hot up and coming martial arts star, a big deal. Yeah. I remember that. Right. Yeah. right. So, like, that everybody was...
3: wanted to like be the next Bruce Lee.
0: Well, Bruce Lee, Jean-Claude Van Damme, like all of these like legit martial artists who had moved into acting, uh, you know this. This was still a thing that was going on at the time, and I guess in the, in the modern day we probably still have a similar kind of thing. But because of how fractured our taking in of media is now, we're not all aware of them like we used to be back then. It's true. Oh yeah. Like back then, if you weren't into martial arts movies, you still knew who Jean Claude Van Damme was. Now, if you're not into him, you just avoid him. Yeah, I remember like uh,
2: watching a bunch of like Billy Blank's like direct to DVD movie, you know, like because I was like, Tybo oh, the-
0: guy? Tybo?
2: Yeah. So he like did some action movies. <laughs> and oh, I didn't remember- even know that. Yeah. And I remember like my dad being like, yeah, he's like going to be the next like big martial artist guy. And we watched these
0: movies and we were like, yeah, it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should have had <laughs> Billy Blank's as
3: keynote.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the movie opens. And there is a very long segment of expressing just how much the world loves pizza. Oh man, that goes on forever. (laughs) Everybody in the city is eating pizza. Like we get it. The the Ninja Turtles thing is pizza. Uh, But man, they really hammered it down and I didn't even notice. I, I, this just occurred to me now was it branded pizza or were people just eating a bunch of generic pizza? Because why was this not like Pizza Hut or something?
1: I think it was just it
3: generic. Was, yeah, it was just generic pizza. Like it wasn't what are they was thinking? No product placement.
0: Because even like even a in, a in the first movie they had Domino's throw throughout their little sponsorship. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's wild. I will say the pizza that they're eating in the apartment that the turtles
0: are eating is the most delicious looking pizza I've ever seen in my life. It looks incredible and it's gigantic, although it is not quite as gigantic as April's kitchen window. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's huge. What is up with that window that Raphael, who, you know, these turtles are, they're, they're, you know, what, five, 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 six, right around there. But they're very wide and bulky. And Raph is just taking up like a third of that window. Like he is just hanging out. No problem at all.
1: Yeah. It's like spacious.
0: He's also much less. uh, We got to talk about the turtles themselves. Uh, Most of them carry over from the first movie, but we did lose Corey Feldman as Donatello who was very, very noticeably replaced by Adam Carl who did not get his Donatello voice down until like the end of the movie. Yeah. Which is bizarre because it's voiceover, so why did that work out
3: that way? <laughs> yes, that's true, well, yeah. also, like for like the first thirty minutes of the movie, like Donat like Donatello really only participates by saying like one word, and it's like complete non sequiturs. Like, yeah, he's he's almost
0: a savant of some kind. Yeah. Like he's just dumb. I don't know. I don't know what they're trying to do with him. You know what they're trying to do with him is cover up the fact that he's not Corey Feldman. Probably. I
3: think you're right. Yeah. Uh, Yeah.
0: But immediately we see uh, the suits in action. We get the, I actually love the opening sequence, even though they are clearly avoiding the use of weapons. Uh, The big opening fight sequence is a lot of fun. It, It does happen. Even though we get our belabored pizza segment, we do kind of get right into it uh, and the turtle suits, the animatronics and the motion of the suits is much better than it was in the first movie.
1: Yeah. yeah. The suits look yeah.
0: great. But I don't uh, maybe, okay. Better is not the right word, much more expressive, yeah. but I don't know that it's better because like when the turtles speak, it's almost like grotesquely exaggerated. <laughs> Like, yeah. their mouths almost move too much this time. Yeah.
3: I mean, it's, I can see that. They were
0: very with,
2: stiff in the first one.
0: With puppetry, part of the magic of puppetry is your mind sort of making up the difference between what the puppet is capable of and what you expect out of a living being. In the first movie, it works because they're just expressive and have just enough motion to achieve speech and and sentiment and whatever else. But then in this one, they're almost taking it too far, where there's almost like an uncanny valley of it overcompensating for what your mind is making up for. It's it's almost too much, but it's it's still, by the end of the movie, you're used to the new expressiveness, and it's fine. But they're also clearly telling the suit performers, like, go big. Go real big. Yeah. Bigger. and yeah. And all the foot soldiers and everything. I mean, everyone's going big. The foot soldiers are like putties in this one. yes it is ridiculous like the scene where they're in which by the way in the lab so we have well the lab is bad because if if you have a group of foot soldiers they're all they're almost like video game characters oh yeah. yeah they're just constantly in motion yeah uh but it's the the place i noticed it the most was i don't know how you capture uh characters with bladed weapons and a net but they did <laughs> <laughs> and they're s- ever so slowly creaking that net over to this ridiculous assemblage of pointy things that shredder has put together this this evil ninja mastermind who almost conquered new york and now his great big scheme is he's stuck a couple of like pitchforks into a, a freaking pallet and that's his big murder machine. Uh, come on, but anyway,
2: that's the cage that he makes. Is oh like- my gosh! All of the junk that they oh,
1: make is God. insane.
0: It's it's ridiculous. It-
1: He's like, remove the bar, and I'm like, hey, just
3: push <laughs> right. that. There's I mean, no drama here. There but was they, like randomly, holding it show up and say, "We are the bar."
0: <laughs> I wish. Well, <laughs> uh, she- Seamus does show up. It just takes him a few more movies. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um,
1: and also the the bird mutant thing looks just like a Skeksis with
0: the turtle. You mean?
1: Okay, yeah, it's a turtle, but it There's looks... There's
3: a turtle like- and a wolf. Yeah? Yeah. They're definitely not a freaking Bebop and a rock steady.
1: No. Like them. They're
0: also not a bird.
3: Yeah, I don't know okay. where the fuck that came
0: from. Because it looks I, like Taxis from the Dark Crystal. I wish Ace Duck had been in this movie. That would be awesome. <laughs> that would have been awesome. Uh Yeah. I'm tired. Yeah, well, I don't know my birds from my turtles right now. Well, and there is... It's funny because Toka and Re- Rezar look very Jim Henson creature shoppy. Because oh, yeah. yeah. Given carte blanche to design these characters because they weren't from the comics. They weren't from the cartoon. These were completely fresh new characters. And they're the best part of the movie because they look incredible. And by but the way, wh- why? You- what was the
2: choice to make not use Bebop and Rocksteady? Because they're clearly... They wanted,
3: to, they wanted to not use they wanted to make it tonally like the cartoon, but not use actual stuff from the cartoon. Here like, here's
0: my theory. They're they're Arian's hundred percent right, but also they didn't want to be saddled with the characterizations of Bebop and Rocksteady, because that's not the story here. The 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 important part of the story true. with Toka and Razar is that David Warner has intentionally made them mentally inefficient let's say yeah. so even though in the cartoon yeah bebop and rocksteady are idiots but they needed them to be a step more than that yeah so they did not want to have to deal with those characterizations and two it was the opportunity to create two more characters to sell toys off toys yeah
3: yes. absolutely
1: and i think that that's really like on the nose <laughs>
0: Yeah. And speaking of toys, if you're a toy collector and you didn't get NECA's Toka and Rezar figures, you're out of your mind because they're the best figures that came out last year from yeah, anything. Oh, also, the Toka, super shredder Toka has articulated eyebrows and an articulated nose. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so to, to go back to the beginning, we get the big fight scene that happens in the weird underground mall, which I guess they have those in New York. I don't know. Well, we've got them in Atlanta. What am I talking about? Yeah, we, we literally do. have an underground mall here in Atlanta, so I, I just, guess that's not that crazy. Yeah. Uh, as we're getting into it, as this movie is beginning, are you guys? How long is it taking you guys to notice differences or or, or to feel like, oh, this is a different kind of movie? I
3: mean, uh, pretty much from the pretty Yeah, pretty much immediately because we just watched the first one, like what four or five months ago. It wasn't that long? So. I think mean, it was like July, maybe. It feels. I don't know. It feels more recent than that, but
0: it's cuz it's so good your brain
3: embraced it and and held, holds it close to this yeah. day. But yeah, it, like pretty much immediately like be- because Kino's like the first thing we focus on and he's vi- he's totally different than like he's played for laughs or tried to play for laughs like, right. more than anything in the first one and I would I would argue it's not work, but yeah.
0: No, it it doesn't work. He's not because in the first one we had a teenage character who actually had like emotions and an arc and a story and kind of made you care about what was going on with him. And that was Danny, right. and then you know we've been comparing Kino to Casey Jones, but we also have the comparison of like in this universe a realistic teenager existed who you had some sympathy for and who wasn't clown shoes. And this is just a different movie. And that's fine. It's not yeah. really fine because Kino's so bad. But you know, Kino's awful. Yeah. And I kept forgetting his
2: name. So like me and Nicole were talking about it before the podcast. And I was like, Yeah, you know the guy, Bongo. I hate I hate him. Or or Jimbo. What, what the
0: <laughs> thing, you <know>? Jimbo. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Bongo, bingo, Jimbo. <laughs>
0: call call him keto. In in the interest of being nice, I feel like we do have to mention Ernie Race Jr.'s greatest role. Uh, was in the Rock and Sean William Scott masterpiece. Ah, oh, the um, rundown. You rundown, want... where he plays uh, some kind of weird capoeira tribal fighter guy and beats the shit out of both of them.
3: Yeah.
0: You want some lightning? You want some thunder? <laughs> we yeah. need to do that movie at some point. I love that movie. Yeah, Christopher the, Walken, that's the Tooth Fairy speech, right? The, the Easter Bunny? Easter Bunny.
3: To no, know was it Tooth Fairy? I don't know. I, like, I
0: feel like it was Tooth Fairy, but I don't I know. It's Tooth Christopher Fury. Walken,
3: so it doesn't matter. They're like, probably either the way. It's incredible.
0: Can we get Christopher Walken and Gary Busey in a Ninja, uh, ninja Turtles movie?
3: Oh my god, I would like pay money <laughs> to make that happen. I want them to play Toke Tokem Razor, <laughs> 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 but under very light makeup, like <laughs>
0: literally just like
3: a like, nose and a wig. Yeah, just like some <laughs> light
0: aesthetics. <laughs> <laughs> so we get. Um, we get a big fight. The guys go back to April's apartment, which, by the way, we have also lost our April O'Neill. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah, Ooh.
3: she's not like. And I read like, like as I usually do, I went over the trivia section on IMDb mm-hmm. for this movie. That's a valuable and, resource. And they like they said that the studio, and they said Eastman and Laird liked her better because. She was more true to their like vision of April O'Neil, which if that's true, their vision sucked because yeah, they're yeah. wrong. O- OG April from the first movie is like superior in every way. Yeah, like,
0: Page Turco is fine, but following in the footsteps that she did, she just can't. She
3: she doesn't have it. the chops. No, she just doesn't. Like the first April O'Neil was kind of a badass. Like yeah, the, like this one like is. She's just kind of there to move some certain story beats along and be like a uh, potential uh, you know, drag on the turtles is like a yeah, to thing up like, after themselves.
0: Well, and yeah. again, Judith Hogue's April had some depth and had, you know, an arc throughout the movie. So you you cared about that character. Whereas uh Paige Turco's April is is kind of just this template for their gal pal yeah. i would argue that nobody in this movie really has an arc or make <laughs> you care about them i think david warner is the star of this movie okay. i think his tgri professor has an arc because at the beginning he's you kind see of that he's kind of trying to be responsible He gets kidnapped by Shredder and forced to create these new mutants. And you're like, wow, he's just straight up working with the bad guys. And then when the Turtles rescue him and he works with the Turtles, we find out he was undermining Shredder. He's like,
3: I made them dumb on purpose. Yes.
0: (laughs) And he helps him make this retro mutagen, which, by the way, it irritates me to no end. And I understand some marketing thing to call it ooze. But the Turtles' particular brand of slime is mutagen. It was it. It always has been. And when they they threw this ooze out there, and I understand retro mutagen ooze was the full yeah. uh, title of the the toy stuff, but like to drop out mutagen and then use it in dialogue in the movie annoys All
3: me. I'm like, and this may be like why I have like an overall negative reaction to this movie uh, subconsciously. When I hear ooze related God. to a movie. Marketed towards like a younger age group, due to the traumatic events of a couple of years ago, when Rad Ranger forced us to watch <laughs> Power Rangers Super views Ivan I, I, I or yeah, I, have a news. I, uh, I I immediately go back <laughs> to that, and it's just negative <laughs> connotations all the way around. Now, th- but this predated
0: the Power Rangers movie, right? Yeah, By like yes. a year. Oh, yes. Huh.
3: By like like four or five years probably
0: which never mind we're not going to get into that but no, uh, we, should, we should just close that yeah let's close that book and move on Um.
2: Yeah. so that's a fucking atrocious movie <laughs>
1: that was before I joined the team so I, I missed out on that you're lucky. one
0: you, you should be very thankful because uh, that's a piece of shit yeah. Um. so we we get the story again And then we move out to the dump, which is the foggiest, steamiest dump. (laughs) Now, granted, I haven't. isolate
1: that audio.
0: (laughs) 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 Sorry. (laughs) I haven't hung around a whole lot of dumps in my life. I'm not going to lie. So for all I know, there really is like mist creeping along the ground, like it's Return of the Living Dead or something. But did you guys see that? Like when they start zooming in, there's just steam oh yeah blowing over all the trash bags and stuff. And then we get Shredder's hand. I was under the impression that a couple of months had passed since
3: Shredder got that smushed, way. Like, maybe it. like maybe that like, they should have said like had a, like a flashback caption or something. Four weeks later. I don't know, but it just seems no, it's been a while. Like they're living
0: at April O'Neill's. They're kind of yeah, it just feels like it's been a while. That's what I thought. But then we go to the dump and Shredder's hand pops up, and you're like, wait a minute, how long has he been camped still- out <laughs> under these trash bags? He's chilling. <laughs> uh, and then we get the foot clan is conveniently relocated to the very same dump. It worked out and, really nice for everyone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. Tatsu is in the process of declaring himself to be in charge, which again, how much time has passed that Tatsu, who's clearly the second in command of the Foot Clan, but waits. I, I, we, we seem to have a period of time between these two movies, somewhere between 15 minutes and about four months. I don't, <laughs> I don't know which it is.
1: But I, That all could be equally as accurate. It's
0: somewhere in there. Uh, so Tatsu has waited however long he's waited to declare himself the leader of the foot. And just as he's doing so to his like four remaining foot soldiers, uh, shredder shows up and (laughs) we get this amazing read of one of the foot soldiers. Look at his face. (laughs) Now we don't see his face because the assumption is this is a children's movie and we don't want to show whatever kind of grotesque mangling has occurred to the shredders previously lightly scarred face. But then within 10 minutes, we get a pretty clear look at his face. He's got his mask on, but you see his face pretty well. And there's like two new scars. Yeah. Like there's nothing like it's so minor. (laughs) And this guy's reaction was like borderline vomit. Yeah. Yeah. But we do get Shredder's much more purple costume and his much more badass Shredders because he's sitting there actually uh, putting the the serrated edges on his helmet, which is awesome. And NECA needs to do a figure of that 100%. But uh, So Shredder shows up, takes control, and we're basically back to square one, which for me... It's also a different actor for Shredder, right? Yeah, they they replaced, uh, oh gosh, James Saito, I think was the original actor's name. Francois something or other. I thought Francois was uh, Tatsu. Maybe not. Was he? Let's get down to the... uh, Francois Chow, oh, is the Shredder in this one? Yeah, 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 and James Saito was the one in the first one. Uh, and then,
3: Hiro Obato was Tatsu, making his debut as Super Shredder. Is uh, <laughs> big, big, <laughs> big Daddy Cool
0: Kevin, Kevin Nash, Nash, which in 1991 was like right at the the start of Diesel, I believe. It might yeah. even predate Diesel. It might actually. Now that I'm thinking about, well, he certainly filmed it before he was Diesel. Yeah. And it's funny because, you know, retroactively, not really going back and looking at history, WWF history until recently, I had always assumed it was during his diesel run, but it's it's not. Uh, but yeah, Kevin Nash is super shredder. Uh, I mean, you can't tell, but I bought an extra neck sh- super shredder figure to get Kevin Nash to sign <laughs> whenever the world opens back up and I can meet Kevin Nash again. That's awesome. Uh, I doubt I'm the I first person to do it. Ass. Oh, it's, inc- it's absolutely incredible. And then there's a new version that's like this, like almost metallic black and gray. Uh, I don't, it's based on something. It was like a mail-in premium or something that Playmates did back when the movie came out. So it's not from the movie or anything, but it looks incredible. I don't see me getting it, but it's still cool. Nice. Uh, so anyway, Foot Clan's back together. Uh, they they want to kill the turtles and it's rather than doing anything with the Krangs or any of the other villain Triceratons any of the other villains that at that point I would have loved to see it's the Foot Clan all over again
2: yeah I mean yeah it's it's, it's literally like the bad guy y'all, fight, y'all fought so hard to kill is back even though didn't he fall in like a compactor he fell in a
0: trash truck and Casey Jones just turned Oops. it on and <laughs> murdered him <laughs> <laughs> yeah Uh, and we'll get to, there's more murder later on that, that I want to discuss with you guys. Uh, one thing that really bothered me is, is speaking of the Krang, uh, they, they were, you know, Krang was in the cartoon, but then you also had the Ootrams that Krang was based on that were from the comic book. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to see was that story. And when I saw that they were using not TCRI, but TGRI, my hope was that we were going to see that story. Uh, but they changed it to Techno Global Research Institute rather than Techno Cosmic yeah. Research Institute, which annoyed oh. the heck out of me.
3: Like, re- I think like the first, it might not even have been like the first script, but like the first treatments of the movie, like the first pitches, originally had that. Like, yeah, I think they were going to have an Utrum being the source of the ooze. Yeah, I think
0: that was an early concept that they had. Well, I think but I read that the doctor was an alien. They can't it. Oh, really?
3: Was, yeah. yeah.
0: I read that one instance of the
2: script before it got made. Obviously he was actually going to be an alien in disguise as a human.
0: See, and that would have been great because that was the concept is the Utrams. which if you, if you go back and you watch the 2007 Ninja Turtles cartoon, which is my personal favorite version of the Ninja Turtles, uh, they do this. They have the Utroms in the humanoid exoskeletons. And I would have loved for David Warner's stomach to open up and for him to have a crang in there. Like, that would have
3: been yeah. great.
0: Yeah, that would have been awesome. Um, was, here's something that occurred to me, though, and this actually happened. You mentioned the the scene in the laboratory where the turtles are trying to get the last canister of ooze because our, our responsible doctor, David Warner, is disposing of all of this mutagen. Uh, there's one canister left. The turtles go to get it the foot clan goes to get it there's a big fight something that occurred to me as I was watching the foot soldiers do their mortal combat what? like waiting to fight dance uh it could have been worse because they could have given us who are those two idiot guys from power Rangers fat oh and- bulk and skull bulk and skull yeah we could have ended up with bulk and skull foot soldiers in this movie trying to be funny.
3: Yeah, we, we didn't get that.
0: That would have been fucking so, terrible. Some
3: early takeaway TT action. And, and I'm really
0: surprised we we didn't like they didn't throw that in there. But I guess they decided it was packed enough. I don't know. But fortunately, uh, they stuck with Tatsu, and he was kind of the the voice of the foot. So we didn't have to deal with that. AKA
2: him and Shredder just kind of stand there while the they the foot soldiers actually do stuff.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and you've got to have those guys. Yeah, oh, yeah. We got our big laboratory fight with a big uh football scene or whatever the hell's going on in there. Uh at this where are you guys at this point in the movie? What what are your feelings?
2: I mean, I'm still having fun. Like I'm like, this is ridiculous. But like and, and a lot I, I did notice a lot of the jokes aren't landing. Yeah. Like, you know, they'll shout stuff out during the fights, and that's that fight in particular. There are several things that they yelled out, like, you know, oh, this is like the Super Bowl or something. I don't know. And I'm just like, uh, or, or, or uh, what was it? I don't know. There was a lot of one-liners that just weren't working and it was like repeatedly. So that was the only thing turning me off. But other than that, like, I mean, it was fun. It's still
0: entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. It's not aimed at us, but it is entertaining and kinetic. And there's a lot of fun stuff to look at, even though the lab is one of the things I mentioned that basically looks like a doctor who set.
2: Yeah. I kind of love it, but yeah, it's ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah, there's like, there's like one part where I think, I think Raph is like saying like RoboCop or something. Like, I'm just like, what are you, why is he just yelling
0: stuff?
1: He was just yelling words that start with the letter R.
0: Well, and another thing is Raphael lost like all of his characterization from the first movie. Yeah. yeah. He's not, I think Michelangelo is really the only one that is, is still recognizable as pretty much the same character. Yeah. Leonardo, Raphael, and Donatello were just interchangeable.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, that's the thing is, like, they don't really do much characterization in this one. No. The first one had a lot of moments. It's just flip around, do karate moves, and say cowabunga and And make goofy faces. And, like, I mean, it's cool for kids. Yeah. And, and, like, I enjoyed this movie when I saw it, but, like, it's just disappointing after seeing the first one. And the first one, like, remembering, oh, wait, this is actually a pretty decent movie, like, on its own merits. And then yeah. seeing this, and it's just like, eh, this is just a freaking kids' movie. And, like, you know, there's nothing wrong with kids' movies. They're great for kids. But it's like, like Tim I'm Burton. A, I'm a bitter old adult now. It's like Tim Burton, Batman,
0: to, like, Batman Forever. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a fair comparison. And, yeah. Arian, you've always been a bitter old adult.
3: I mean, fair. You were yanked
0: out of that vajay, being a bitter old adult. Filthy! You're not really. Lost. This is it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I I immediately started writing a letter to the manager
0: <laughs> complaining.
3: <laughs> uh, so, we get uh, our laboratory scientist
0: guy, David Warner, who I'm just going to refer to as David Warner for <laughs> the whole episode, uh, gets kidnapped, as well as uh, the Foot Clan gets the canister of mutagen or ooze the titular ooze if you will keep your ooze off of my titulars please nobody wants mutant tits running around that's how you end up with a glenn danzig movie
3: (laughs) (laughs) Um, jesus fuck (laughs) promise we are not gonna do the next one
0: no we're not we're never Uh, watching another danzig movie i don't want to like on our own time like, I'm not
3: here to kink shame if anybody wants no, to
0: No, I will that. never watch anything with his name on it again. No interest. For, that that for, is for, a for promise. Plot, not yes. even to be funny. Like, it's just no. not a thing. No. Um, well, unless Wilson calls me up and is like, hey, man, I've got another suitcase full of G.I. Joes, but you can only have it if you watch the next Danzig movie. Then I'll have to think about it. Oh, well, yeah. And that's something he would do also. Yes. Uh, so we, we get our combination of the scientist and the foot clan and the ooze, and we get babies yeah, babies the greatest the line the strangest line
1: <laughs> the most weird not fitting in
0: what the fuck well it's so specific like why what did he go straight editor? to babies like why didn't he go with they're morons they're dumb they can't think what's wrong with them but like just to yell out damn babies <laughs> <laughs> like, what <laughs> <laughs> and then he wants to kill them and then he wants to kill them which is probably the darkest part of the whole movie yeah that is really shredders dumb. like dispose of them like, and i love it, david it warner him it's him. the best acting in the entire movie is when shredder says dispose of toka and razar and david warner's outrage they're living beings like that is literally the only acting in the whole movie yeah yes like he delivered that line and was like nailed it uh, yeah. yeah. Now I'm gonna um, drink my tea. Yeah, he's like a <laughs> legit actor, yeah. but It's just bullshit out. <laughs> uh so at the time I was disappointed because I was I I was not a fan of the cartoon, but I loved the toy line. So at the time I was disappointed that they didn't use characters from the toy line as Toka and are. but again, looking back, I get why they didn't. And now just appreciating those character designs they're they're incredible and the way that those suits move the way that the faces are animated everything about them on screen is just phenomenal oh they look awesome and you can tell jim like the jim henson creature
2: studio or whatever like you can tell that's them all over it's fucking
0: great yeah absolutely arian where are you at this point where we get the big reveal of toka and razar and and they're being silly babies and and babies. whatever else is happening.
3: I'm just I'm pissed because they're not bebop and rocksteady.
0: Yeah. yeah, same. It's like, well, I've got some bad news for you. Bebop and rocksteady do show up in a later film, and uh, actually, it probably is better than this one. Never mind. <laughs> like the second CGI turtles movie is actually a lot of fun. It's not bad. I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, I like that. One. I, I still haven't seen this. The the Casey Jones part makes zero sense. Yeah but it's Stephen Amell. So you kind of don't care. Mm -hmm. All right. So yeah, Kate at this point we get another appearance from Kino and, and this is where I realized like, Oh shit. This is, this is the big problem with the movie is we don't have Casey as our viewpoint character sort of tying all the weirdness together. Instead, we have this kid with his hair cracking jokes Mm-hmm. bad bad jokes yeah
3: it's
0: true he's like fat shaming people and <laughs> yeah that's right at the beginning of the movie first five yeah. minutes hey I would take you on a date but your ass is too fat or whatever it is he says <laughs> that's not exactly what he said <laughs> I it's think cool. that's, that's, that's I had the exact a line. That
1: for every time someone said that to me <laughs>
0: <laughs> Um, so we get the turtles easily locate the foot clan in their secret dump headquarters, yeah. which why didn't we get a secret dump headquarters playset? set? Why, why? Why didn't we get this steaming dump play set? <laughs> <am> I do it? <laughs> uh, and my gosh, it, it just made me think back to the rooftop fight in the first movie and how incredible that was. And how not incredible (laughs) this one. Again, I go back to Power Rangers. When did Power Rangers hit in the
3: U.S.? It was before this movie, right? No, I feel like it was like a year, maybe two after this. Because this was 91.
0: No, Power Rangers was 90. I'm going to say 90. Now we got to find out. Yeah, I'm looking it up. Bear with us, listeners. This is important information. Do, 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 do. Oh, man, you're right. It was 93.
3: Oh, shit. Area oh, yeah, the man. movie
0: was 95. My bad.
3: Well, well I, I distinctly, because I distinctly remember, like, the, uh, the, the Turtles for me being a middle school era thing, mm-hmm. and Power Rangers, I didn't watch it, but, like, I became aware of it when it came out. But like it was a high school era thing, and like I,
0: I, my awareness of Power Rangers is so low that I I couldn't.
3: Well, I I never, I never got into it. I mean, I I knew
0: it was a thing, but I have no era-specific timing for it, other than '90s sometime.
3: Yeah, Like, like I, I started high school in like fall of '92, so. Yeah, so
0: that's very interesting. Then that so much of this reminds me of the style of Power Rangers fights, for
3: sure. But it predates it. Well, it might. I wonder, like the the Japanese version of Power Rangers, like was was around earlier. But you've also got to think, like the people making
0: this movie were not. On the cutting edge of anything, it's not like they were aware of the hotness of Power Rangers in Japan, yeah, and were going after that aesthetic. I I, I think it's it's purely uh, circumstance or some uh, nineties ass shit. Maybe it's a zeitgeist thing, in that all of that cartoony martial arts, which came from the turtles, obviously, but all of that stuff was sort of brewing up at the same time, and we got that style just because of the convergence of Ninja Turtles and later Power Rangers. And, you know, uh, we mentioned Jean-Claude Van Damme earlier. His martial arts movies, while not really cartoony, also were not, you know, Enter the Ninja. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my childhood consisted
2: of Turtles and Mortal Kombat and Power Rangers. Like
0: yeah, Mortal one. Kombat. There's another uh, element to that. Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter. Yeah, big Street element. Fighter 2. To, to that martial arts thing. It was a huge deal. Uh, so, and, well, and now it actually makes the my Mortal Kombat comment about that's what the foot soldiers look like when they're not actually fighting. Kind of makes that make even more sense.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's like when you're doing character
0: select screen and they're like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're doing their little getting ready to fight dance. Yeah. Because they don't want to just stand there doing nothing. And I can imagine the director saying that. Don't just stand there doing nothing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: At least move. And then that's
0: the, that's the end of that direction. Yes. Uh, So I already mentioned the fact that the turtles could not uh, cut their way out of a net, despite having bladed weapons. Yeah. Let's see. Movies well-made. It's just dumb. Oh. And then later on, uh, the turtles escape with David Warner from the steaming dump. And... (laughs) (laughs) Can Shredder's
1: we a movie called Escape from the Steaming Dump? Escape
0: from the Steaming Dump.
1: Yeah. I, like I think that.
0: that's by Ron Carpenter. <laughs> um, so Shredder then sends Toka and Razar out into the city to cause mass destruction to get the turtles' attention and make them aware that this is a threat that they're going to have to deal with. Because Shredder is still bent on murdering the turtles, yes. uh, even though he's not shown to be very adept at it thus far. So we get Toka and Rezar, on what is very clearly a back lot <laughs> with no people around no extras whatsoever
3: it's like the the only thing you see are like two people getting to, into it the cab. people getting in a so, cab like way down the street other than t- that typical new yorker fashion they're like what what is going on the animals knocking over phone poles and i the, la- the lady's like well they can get their own cab
0: i've been on i've been on city streets at literally any hour of the day you could name. And I have never seen a street as abandoned as this one was.
3: Yes. With these two monsters flipping cars over and
0: knocking down telephone poles for like 12 minutes with
3: no response. I I lived around the corner from like where he used to work uh, the masquerade. Right. Like I lived around the corner from that, from like 2001 to 2007. And like at the end of the street, there was always... Uh, let me say this in a politically correct way. An urban outdoorsman. <laughs> uh, yeah. milling around at all time. They're always out there. Yeah. Like, you, you know, like ranting about fucking like space lasers in their brains, 5G towers, uh, trying to score some crap. I mean, we did not whatever. have 5G back then. Yeah.
0: But an, an entertaining anecdote about Arian's abode at the time one of the rooms, you could set a pool ball beside one of the walls, and it would roll into the center of the room.
3: Yes, the floors
0: were concave. Which <laughs> was a, It was scary for a, for a big fellow like me. It
3: was a little... It was incinerous. like an like a 85-ish year old building. Well, speaking of the
0: masquerade, anybody who may have been and and I know local stories get local listeners, but whatever. Uh, If you've been in the the old masquerade and you've been upstairs and been to a show where the floor starts moving up and down, like it it's the first few times it's it makes you a little nervous because it moves way more than you think a floor should move. This Arian's floor was curved in such a way that I. Genuinely felt like I was just going to fall through it to the point where I would not walk into the center of the room. I would edge my
3: way <laughs> around the sides. And if you think that's bad, like, I think you only came over like one or two times, but like, try like just hanging out in that living room being like shit hammered drunk. Oh, I could. There's no way.
0: <laughs> There's no way. I could not have spent significant amounts of time in there. I would, I would have lost my shit. <laughs> Okay. The
3: rent was cheap. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I hope they were paying you. <laughs> uh, so we have our abandoned city. Uh, we do have one returning character that they should have used a lot more instead of because they, they had a new uh April's boss was a new character who wasn't nearly as good. Uh they should have used Chief Stearns more. Because they had the same actor come back to play the police chief.
3: Yeah.
0: I feel like the the only
3: reason they got him was because they only needed him for one scene though. And you're probably right, but I would have like like this movie came out like less than a year after the first one came out in theaters. Yeah. yeah. It was a real quick turnaround. Well, and that's
0: another thing is, is probably part of the reason they, they couldn't get some people back was they were probably booked because they had no idea they might be doing a sequel to this goofy puppet turtle movie they would made last year right uh so we get the big turtle plan of freeze or nitrogen freezing the retro mutagen and putting it in donuts not not a bad idea because these creatures does seem like they'll eat anything and we go back to the steaming dump and get the really, really goofy scene of the turtles fighting about getting Toka and Razar to eat the donuts rather than just, and I get it. They're doing comedy bits. They're saying, we've got to do the ceremonial pre-fight donuts. I it's to a little kid. I guess maybe that's funny, whatever. I want to know, cause they each eat a donut and then Razar crushes one of the donuts, sees the cube. How the fuck does he know what it is? What do you? What yeah. do you mean? What do you mean? He figured it out. Figured what out? It looks like a bullion cube. Like is he pissed
3: because you put something that tastes like beef in the middle of his Boston cream donut? Mm.
1: And he's like, supposed and to be an idiot is. baby.
3: Well, like if anything, it might it, it might taste a little bit like pizza because Michelangelo dropped half dropped a pizza. the pizza in. Yeah, that.
0: So that was whatever. It's fine. We get a we get another fight with uh. To, and I will say. It's it's bizarre to me because typically when you look at a movie like this and you see a bunch of ninjas and you see two guys in giant clunky monster suits, your assumption is, well, the giant clunky monster suits are going to stomp around and roar and whatever and not do a lot of interacting. And we're going to get the ninjas who are going to do all the fighting like that. There's, there's a, a a method to that sort of thing. Normally, in this case, I feel like Toka and Rezar had way more interesting fights than the ninjas did. Oh, yeah totally like they actually the turtles interacted with him at one point he picks donatello up by his shell and throws him like they it's not you know kung fu fighting per se but the most interesting fights we get are built around what the turtle suits can do and what the token razor suits can do
2: although there there is one part during that fight where they all like are like fighting through like a door frame and they're all like crammed together, and I'm like, so this is like six people in like rubber suits just bouncing into each other against <laughs>
0: two walls. Like, and they weren't doing anything. They were just. Oh, it's people. it's where they're running through after uh, Rezar throws. I think it's Raphael through that wall. Yeah, and you yeah. see, it's the nightclub is on the other side of the wall. Yeah. Yes, and then, and then, then they go yeah. running through, and you're totally right. They're not even paying attention to each other. They're no. literally just like
3: bouncing through that entrance. That. Yeah, that, I, I noticed. When, that's when we get our uh, culturally significant celebrity. We're camp. Yeah. we're getting there. We're getting there. Don't
0: don't get ahead. Let's not blow tired. the main event yeah. this early.
3: I mean, we already talked about Kevin Nash. So, well,
0: th- yeah, he is not the main event of this movie, my no. friend. <laughs> even though he did he did get the action figure first. Um, so, I really enjoyed. The way that they were able to use Toka and Rezar, I liked. Uh, This was the one stupid joke that landed for me because I think it's kind of a universal thing. And it also fits like I could see it happening in any iteration of the Ninja Turtles. When Toka jumps down the manhole, the gigantic manhole, which I guess all of the manholes in New York are huge because they have to accommodate mutant turtles uh yeah. Toka jumps they had down to
1: increase their size in the 80s
0: because of all the mutants turtles alligators jason Voorhees, all yeah, kinds of things were running project. around <laughs>
1: it was pretty intense
0: uh so Toka gets stuck and michelangelo stops and goes back to tickle his feet that's pretty funny
3: like yeah. uh, was, like legit good.
0: that's that's a bit that i think works no matter what kind of turtles you're dealing with i like that uh Although that was, that was way back earlier. That wasn't in this portion at all. That was the original steaming dump fight, which felt like it took place like eight minutes before this one, but I guess it was more like three hours. I don't know. <laughs> <A ton laughs> so now, evil. Arian... It was like 20 minutes. Arian, will you please explain to us, after they bust through this fence, where this movie takes us? Oh, yeah. It's A very
3: cool weird. place indeed. A magical place in the early 90s where we get to meet... Uh, culturally significant and culturally appropriating celebrity vanilla ice as himself, as himself, who upon witnessing the, uh, the turtles fighting the, the other mutants begins to rap and encourage them by saying, go Ninja, go Ninja. Go he Ninja writes go. a whole song. I want you to yes. No, he doesn't. He
0: doesn't, he doesn't write. Yes. Yes. He freestyles this styling. whole thing. Because
1: you guys know what a freestyle genius
0: Absolutely. Vanilla Ice is known for being. <laughs> if, if there's anything he's known for, it's his originality
1: Yes, and his creativity.
0: a lyricist. And not only does he make up ninja rap, an entire song off the top of his head, he makes up a dance to go along with it, and his Vanilla Ice dancers dance along lovely. right with him. Yeah. it's incredible. It's the greatest thing. I've ever it's, it's the, I don't know. He, they, does, he does a lot
3: of, you know, once the, once the turtles busted through ice and his crew had to stop and then they collaborated. And now they want you to all listen. It's true. Go Ninja, go Ninja. Go.
0: And when this movie, it's, it's funny. The, uh, the rise of vanilla ice, because this movie was shot when he was at the peak of his popularity and it was released as he was on the downturn (laughs) because cool, cool as ice, which was kind of the nail in his coffin, his, his own movie, which I've never seen it. I have. It's fucking
2: wild. I watched it a few years ago. (laughs) Kind of a joke. It's bad.
1: I haven't seen it. I want to see it just because I want to experience.
0: It is fun. bad. Well, that's what I'm saying is I think we're probably going to have to, get around to that one at some point i'm in
1: I'm <laughs> not, it's not
0: like danzig level like it is enjoyable nothing is danzig level it's true this is the, true the, not even the steaming dump is danzig level
1: No, danzig yeah. aspires to be a steaming dump
0: yeah yeah
3: wow so
0: so uh yeah i'm gonna I isolate that one and put it up on youtube uh <laughs> so I hope that Neca is doing a Vanilla Ice figure. I don't see how they wouldn't. Vanilla Ice seems like a guy that would play along. Like I cannot imagine him being like, "Nah, yo, it wouldn't be cool for you to do an action figure of me." Like I feel like he'd jump. He'd like, so that. I'm gonna get
3: paid, right?
0: Look, they're making a figure of Danny. <laughs> yeah. So
1: he's like, "Don't fuck with my legacy."
0: Do right, you know right, who I right.
1: am? I'm All I want. Ice.
0: Here's what I want. I want that vanilla ice figure to have soft goods clothes, so they can be the baggy, light <laughs> material that flows as he dances. I, matter of fact, if they could make it dance, that would be really the the. W- here's here's what you do, Neca. This is for free. You can have this one for free. Uh, you make this vanilla ice figure. It's got very light, soft goods clothing, and the joints are. Loose, like one of those. Oh, you know, those uh Christmas ornaments that you pull the string between, yeah, you pull yes. get tight, yeah, and do that, yeah, it's a vanilla ice <laughs> figure, and that's how it dances because that's kind of how he dances. <laughs> it that's is. genius. That's D- NECA, you can have that for free. I'm sure, okay. they're like, they're taking notes right now. I think, I bet Randy's just listening to this on the edge of his seat. Uh, and if he is, Randy, we love you. You are the best, Uh, except for Brian. Brian Flynn from super seven is kind of my hero, but Randy Falk is a close second. Uh, all right. So 15 year old me watching this movie, uh, with, with all of the shenanigans, all of the turtles, all of the mutants, all of the vanilla, all of the ice. I will tell you right now that I know 15 year old me was 100% focused on vanilla ice's guitar player and the thigh highs and the short skirt. That is all i cared about in that scene back in the day of course now i'm older and more mature so i didn't even notice (laughs) uh and then what happens to bring down the tone we get a great fight scene we get uh the turtles okay so we have this whole thing where the turtles won't use their weapons we don't want violence in this movie right violence is bad even though shredder has talked about nothing but murdering the turtles even though he dangled them above his pointy pallet full of things uh even though he talked about murdering babies yes kill the babies babies the line there i don't fuck those babies just kill them i think he said in the movie um That's a direct quote so <laughs> why do we even need this retro mutagen because here's how did the ninja turtles defeat toka and razor they take fire extinguishers, jam them down their throats, and activate them. That would kill anything. Yeah. The, the, the mutagen's unnecessary at this point. We're just murdering these creatures that poor David Warner would be horrified to see the turtles endeavoring to this behavior. Yeah, but The the
3: thing is, is like, they're not actually killing them. They're just reverting them to their natural.
0: Well, I understand in the context of this movie and the fantastical world in which the turtles live. No, they're not killing them. But that would 100% kill them, even more certainly than a pier dropping on your head. Yeah.
2: Yes, 100%.
0: So anyway, that was my little point about that. Uh, Also, that ninja rap seems to have zero base. Yeah. Yeah, there's none. What's well, up with that? Oh, oh,
3: the it was it was performed by a white person. I
0: will find out. Well, yeah, but dude, dude, come on, go back to Ice Ice Baby, cruising my five Like there's that's Miami bass basically. There seems to be none in this, but I do have the soundtrack on the way from Waxwork Records, and yeah. it includes Ninja Rap. Nice. So I'll yeah. Let you guys know in Goodness a follow up episode.
3: Well, I would have bass. So.
0: Is that I,
2: I remember thinking that song was a lot stronger when I was a kid and listening to it today.
0: I was like, this is not good. I wonder if the mix did you guys watch it on HBO Max? Uh, yes, yes. yeah. I and, wonder if the mix is just really shitty because I I, I hot, think throughout right? the movie, things weren't really hitting all that hard.
2: Yeah, I agree. Like the, the song didn't hit hard at all, and then no. like the, the part when it went to the crowd chanting and then it went back to the music, you would think that would hit really hard, and it doesn't,
0: yeah. Yeah. Weird, yeah. It's almost like the disparity in sound. Never mind. (laughs) I'm going to be nice. Uh, So we get Kevin Nash's Super Shredder uh, who immediately commits suicide by dropping a pier on himself. And the turtles, who are turtles, let's remember they're turtles. I realize it's there in the name Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but I feel like we need a reminder that our protagonists are turtles. Save themselves by jumping in the water. Right? Turtles in the water. Makes sense. And then, for some reason, after jumping in the water, the turtles come out and are like, <coughs> 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 Oh! Oh! Oh, water! Is hard. Oh, so dangerous to jump in the water when you're a turtle. They're, like, struggling. Like, they just got their asses beat <coughs> when literally all they did was jump in the water.
2: Yeah. Didn't that remind you all of like a like a boss battle kind of thing when you're trying to like get the, you know like Spider Man when you're trying to get Rhino to run into the pillars to knock yeah, down? Yeah, yeah.
0: Except the turtles did nothing. Yeah, exactly. They didn't exactly. even no. they didn't even have to trick him in any way. No. he just starts beating the shit out of the pier.
1: He just gets large and has a temper tantrum and dies.
0: Which I can relate to that.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> like, not, like Did uh, Doctor What's His nets Did he only treat like the sample of the the mutagenic ooze they used on Token and Razor with with the dumb juice? Yeah, I did think he so. Because
0: this well, this was from the original canister, though. Yeah, from so the original I, supply that hadn't been tampered with. I, I well, did, no, but you're right because it was the same canister that. Oh my gosh. Did you just hit on a plot point that they
3: totally glossed over? I mean, it's possible. I have my, I have my moments.
0: Wow. Oh, I love this. I'm latching onto this now. That's exactly, that's gotta be it. So he didn't, he didn't just tamper with the dose that he gave to token razor. He actually tampered with what was in the canister.
1: So it just basically made made shredder Shredder
0: an angry idiot. And that's
2: why he killed himself. I never thought of that, but that actually makes a lot of sense. That's
0: I don't know bad. that I believe the movie thought of that either. But no. fortunately for us, we've got something that he doesn't have. It, it does make the makes
1: climax a lot more climactic.
0: Yes. Thanks, oh, yeah. thanks so, to the eighth grumbler of the world. When well, I that theory.
2: Funny story. Like, so like, you know, Nicole had watched part of uh, part of the movie, like a large part of it, and we were like, when she got home, you know, I was like, quick, we have 30 minutes, you need to see the end of it. And we were watching it and then like I kind of was like jumping around and I kind of jumped past the pier part and she's like, Wait, how did they how did they kill Shredder? And I was like, No, it's fine. Just, yeah, I was like, he just like knocks the pier over on, on himself, and she's like, What? And yeah. I rewind it. Yeah, I, I was mad. It.
1: I was like, No, let me see like how they win this fight.
2: And I rewind they like, trick him
1: <laughs> and then the pier fell out. I was like. Oh, you weren't fucking... I was like, like that, that was it. Happened. <laughs> yeah. All that and, happened. Then, and then, like, like the credits, and that was the end of the movie. Somewhere well, there's a
2: little wrap-up, but... Somebody got paid to write that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a thing. That I mean, I don't know why, because it's like, you know, the first, you know, Shredder, Splinter and Shredder fighting on the rooftop and him falling in the trash
0: compactor is so much more badass. I don't know. And we kind of glossed over Splinter's presence in this one, once again, voiced by Kevin Clash, uh, puppet. It looks like the still same great. puppet. Yeah, it, it, well, it still looks fantastic. Same robe and everything, and I, I wonder if maybe he didn't get the same attention that some of the rest of them did, because he's just not in the movie as much. We, we basically get two scenes of him showing up and making the turtles go, oh, shit, it's Splinter. And then he saves them. That's how they escape from the net. Yeah. It cannot be cut by any blade, is he shoots an arrow at it, and then leaves. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. And he's and they also they're like kind of hinting
2: that he's training Kino like maybe like I almost wonder if that'll be like I don't know, you
0: know at the end of the movie when Kino uh, Kino shows up at the club of course to ruin all the fun we were having yeah uh, and he's sitting there with Splinter back at the Turtles headquarters which we totally glossed over their new headquarters but that's because it really doesn't oh, matter oh,
1: it's it actually looks cool beautiful. yeah
0: yeah it's awesome like I wanted yeah. to live there when I was a kid yeah but it it's it, it doesn't matter they, they didn't make a playset ahead. of it. Yeah, it just looks cool. Um, so Kino is is hanging out with Splinter while the final battle is going on. He's like, we should be out there helping the guys. Like he has any kind of ownership to call them the guys. Like he's yeah. part of their club or something. Uh, We also glossed over the fact that he like secretly joined the foot clan and the whole scene with Raphael, but I didn't make any notes about that. So whatever. Well, we also glossed over the fact that Splinter just immediately tells him everything about the
2: turtles just because he was there. He's like the Alfred of these movies. Yeah. Yes, exactly.
0: So, uh, yeah. And that was, that was another kind of actually, that was the only good thing that happened with Keno is when he was trying to join the foot clan and Raphael was doing all the stuff for him. Yeah. Um, but then at the end, he's talking to Splinter. He's like, we should be out there helping the guys. He's like, well, I'm I'm going to go. You can't stop me. And in my head, I'm like, this rat murdered a ninja master four four months to 15 minutes ago. <laughs> what do you mean he can't stop you? He could 100% stop you. Yeah. Yeah. Based on the logic of this movie, he could stop you. Yes. Even if he just picked up his bow and arrow. Yeah. Arrow to the knee, Kino's done, and my gosh, this would have turned that movie around in a big way. <laughs> it would have been great. No more bongo. <laughs> what if he just <laughs> put an
1: arrow right through his neck? Bye bye, Keto. End of it.
0: <laughs> no violence until that point. <laughs> so, as as much fun as we made of this movie, as much as we said things uh, at its expense it is a fun movie and I do think it was successful at doing what the filmmakers intended for it to do. Uh, didn't get great critical reviews, but that's not what it was going for. It was made to further the franchise and to sell toys. Uh, at the end of the day, I think it's fun. I appreciate it for hanging on to what it did hang on to, which was the, the Jim Henson craftsmanship. Uh, I guess that's about it. Um, What about you guys? What's the impression that you're left with?
3: I mean, like, it's, it's a movie for kids that was not really for me. And I feel like I would be less, I don't even know if I'm disappointed with it. I would feel, I probably wouldn't feel as dissatisfied with it if I hadn't recently watched the first one and enjoyed it.
0: Yeah. I think there's a good chance that if you had watched this one and maybe hadn't seen the first one in like 10 years or so, you wouldn't quite realize the, the tonal disparity. Like you might remember the first one as being a little bit goofier than it was. So it wouldn't seem quite as off.
1: Yeah. I felt really similar to the way Arian felt. Um, Especially being that, like, the first time I watched this, I was an adult. So I don't have any, like, good nostalgic shit about this movie. Um, you know, it was, yeah, definitely for kids. It was fluffy and fun, but ridiculous and bad. You know, I mean, it was it was a fun movie. I mean, it doesn't, like, make me, like, angry, hate it. But, you know, I probably won't watch it again. Unless we do something.
2: (laughs) Um, Personally, I'm really happy that I got to see it again. There was like a whole bunch of stuff about the movie that I kind of forgot about that I remember loving as a kid. Um, I was a kid when this came out, so it was geared towards me. So like I remember thinking this was the most badass shit ever when I saw it. But I just Ninja Turtles was a thing I was super into as a kid. I had all the figures. And as I got older, I just like it hasn't it hasn't been one of the things that I hold on to as much as other people as like far as like a, a fan a fandom that I'm still like obsessed with. Um, but that being said, it's been really cool revisiting the first movie because I fucking love that movie still. and am revisiting this one, and now I got to watch the coming out of our shells uh, movie because. <laughs> <laughs> No, dude, I had that one on VHS, and uh, I watched that shit nonstop. And I'm kidding. I actually did
0: revisit it the other day, and it's terrible. It's It's, really bad. It's it's uh, in in my personal opinion, it's unwatchable. It's even if you're a huge Ninja Turtles fan, it's fucking bad. He
1: made me watch some clips from it, and it is. uh, It's
0: she was she was shocked. It makes makes this look like seven. yes (laughs) yeah,
2: yeah. Because that kid, it's
1: remarkable.
2: But that being said, i I'm not against watching the third one uh, for a podcast because it's been a long time.
0: yeah, we'll we'll check that one out at some point, but uh, we've got we've got other things between now and then. I don't know what we're doing next month yet, but well, is next it, month, my, that's month? your birthday, isn't it? Yeah. So it'll be your pick, whatever it yeah. is. I have a couple ideas, bro,
2: and I'll send some some ideas to you, guys. Awesome. Well,
1: dump part you guys
0: five. that that wraps up steaming dump the podcast
2: <laughs> oh i i do have to say real quick uh my favorite thing about this movie and the first movie is i just love that weird theme parky fake new york look with all the steam and like the fake buildings and stuff and like the yeah yeah stuff. i just love that look like that's like my favorite like if i could like if i had like a million dollars i would have like an area of my house that just looked like old like movie new york I've, I've
0: thought about that before, uh, uh, it, what it would take for me to build like a mini back lot in my backyard Yeah, with exactly. like a little, it would be like a four section thing. And there would be like old West, New York, like planet of the apes and something else, just yeah. a little small area. Like how much would that really take? It would be awesome. More yeah. than I have. Cause I'm lazy and have no time for anything, but somebody should do that. I don't know. I think part of it comes from like riding
2: like the King Kong ride as a kid and stuff. Like those, you know, those old theme parky kind of looks. Yeah,
0: like, yeah. Oh, no, I like, love that stuff. That that yeah. that theme park like or even Epcot. Yeah that fakey version of real world real stuff. I, yeah, love I love it. it. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So they so much safer that.
0: than the real thing. Yes. For
3: sure. For sure
0: arian what are you up to where can we find you online
3: uh i mean i'm doing nothing as always and you can find me at uh at such a lazy man uh, uh on the instagrams so, so reliable. You
0: you're always there for us
3: yeah cadavers um
2: yeah uh cadaver candle company um the casket creatures uh you know once we're all uh vaccinated and back to normal we'll be doing stuff so uh you know we're we're planning on some some new things so uh you know just follow us on facebook and all that shit
1: uh yeah cadaver candle company um and uh you can follow me at battlecougar and see pictures of my tiny popular kitten who's
3: hashtag popular kitten I
0: think the cadaver candle company needs to produce a New York ooze candle.
1: <laughs> we're actually um, trying to, like, we're going to come up with some sort of like a new thing for spring. I was um, thinking
2: steaming dump. But yeah. <laughs> steaming
0: it dump. dump. Yes. Yeah. Yes.
2: We'll
1: make it brown. You make it smell like
2: Tatsu. <laughs> mm. Oh man, the way they defeat Tatsu is so anti
0: It's <laughs> like, really terrible. Smell yeah oh that poor guy which by the way Neca, we need a tatsu like now yes Oh yes. all right you guys thanks for sitting down and talking turtles and we'll be back next month to discuss another legendary piece of cinematic history on the one hand i feel like maybe we were a little hard on teenage mutant ninja turtles 2 the secret of the Us. but on the other hand it's really not very good Uh, The parts that are good are good. The parts that are not good are almost unwatchable. And we'll find out at some point in the future how well the third one holds up or doesn't. Uh, Thank you for listening to the Needless Things podcast week after week. Please uh, share, review, help us expand our numbers. Because I think I've done everything that I can to try and get the word out about this show over the past decade I guess I haven't been doing this for a decade 2013 maybe there it is again there's the 2013 again Uh, anyway eight to ten years somewhere in that range although needless things has been around since 2009 believe it or not Uh, I will be guest starring on the earth station who podcast I believe it will be out by the time this episode airs because I think they've got a faster turnaround than I do because I record Monday, put it out on Friday. Uh, I think they record, I think they release it as they're recording it, to be honest. Uh, that's that's how efficient Mike Faber is, but uh, I will be on the newest episode of Earth Station Who to discuss Colony in Space, a third Doctor story. It's a six-parter. So, it, it took a little bit of my time to get through. But fortunately, as I mentioned, I, I was off work for a little while and had some downtime. Uh, a couple of days of real downtime, let me tell you. This should be the last week I mention that, though, because everything's back to normal, back on track health wise. I'm feeling good, I'm feeling strong. I'm ready to get vaccinated and get back out in the world. I love you guys.
1: You have been listening to a Needless Things podcast. You can follow Needless Things on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and at NeedlessThingsPodcast.com. Love you. Mean it. Uh Uh-huh.